0: Break them down, we we All of your Straight from your your will The man, are taking your He's not impressed, He's not, impressed. not impressed. A Your fear is a mess. It is post-pro-res for the month of February. I'm John Pollock alongside WH Park, who, I mean, a constant theme on this show is WH Park being able to forecast the future. And, folks, you can go back several months when all of the Keiji Muto involvement with the GHC title was coming together. There was one man who mapped it all out for everybody. He saw Muto winning this title. Kiyomiya's going to get the big win. We're halfway there. W. H. Park, you you map this thing out, and I think you're going to be proven right at
1: the end. I I think so. I mean, the, you know, the secret is, John, is you, you have to understand the head booker of Pro wrestling Noah, who is Nasoarangi. All you have to understand about this man is that he's a big mark. He's he's a mark with a pencil, but he's still a mark, and he's a big mark for one Muto. So it was like a it's kind of you know inevitability that Muto was going to get the belt from the mark who has the pencil for the company he now works for. Well,
0: we're going to do a, a deep dive into this destination show, but I will point out that, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting just choked up at the, the thought of this historic title run that is to come, that we are on the nine-year anniversary, WH, of Kazuchika Okada's very first IWGP title win. Could this changing of the guard in
1: NOAA prove the same fortunes for Noah for the decade ahead? Are, are we suggesting that Keiji Muto at the age of 58 is the, is the Kazuchika Okada for Pro Wrestling Noah? I'm saying that in 2001, what did everyone say? Muto? What kind of year
0: is this guy going to have? And here we are 20, 20 years later after the improbable 2001 that an aged Keiji Muto had. Maybe, maybe he's ready to turn back
1: the clock again. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I am on record as saying, Jonathan, that's one of my favorite years of any professional wrestler's career, like his renaissance in 2001, fucking amazing. But in 2021, at the age of 58, maybe not so much. Though I will say, he took a hellacious bump from the second row at the hands of Goishizaki. For all... (laughs) And he
0: lived. Oh, for... As frightening as the um, Michinoku driver that uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi took a few weeks ago in Nagoya, this was 10 times scarier. I... We're going to jump into uh, this match first, I think, as we start off here with Noah, but it was Go Shiozaki and Keiji Muto. And in the middle of this match, like, I I did not have expectations, WH, that this one was going to see the 20-minute mark. So, I mean, if anyone has really solidified their candidacy for best worker in the world, it's Go Shiozaki going in saying... I'm gonna get a great match at a Keiji Muto in 2021, and we're gonna go 29 and a half minutes. But late in this match, he has got Muto lifted up on the turnbuckle, and then Shiozaki slips, and Muto just comes crashing down head first. I just jumped. It was I, I thought the man was not going to get up from this.
1: So, so I started watching this at six in the morning. Oh, and I was a little groggy watching some of the matches on this show. But, but, um, I have to say, this was probably, uh, more potent than like mainlining like coffee directly into my veins in terms of waking me up that, that, this, this bump. I was just like, oh, fuck, he's dead. Oh, my God. Oh, but thankfully he's okay.
0: I, I can't believe so. he got up. I, I honestly, like, when you see this and how he fell and, like, shields, like, he just slips on the ropes. And he, I imagined, like, he was totally, like, deadlifting Mudo, who had, he, the guy must have been absolutely just exhausted by the end of this match. He, one of the biggest spots of the match was Mudo hitting an Emerald Flosion, and it did take two tries. So, I know this match, listen, I, I thought it greatly exceeded uh, my expectation levels. I think, overall, this was a pretty great match. But there were definitely some scary spots in this match. No, I, I mean I gave it four stars. I yeah. thought I totally thought it was really justifiable. Well like it had, like by the end, like they they had grabbed you. I think by the the final couple of minutes, like it was quite impressive what they were able to build this match to by the end.
1: I, I mean, like there's a lot of things you can say about Kishimoto in the last two years. Like you know he doesn't really try that hard in a lot of his matches, and I, I don't blame him. But he tried hard in this match, and I thought he worked a really great strategy of working over both like you know goes like shoulders and arms cuz that's you know his weak point and that's kind of the story everyone goes into these Go Shisaki matches with is like to attack those weak points that are you know all taped up and held together with with bandages and stuff but the, he also like did a lot of work on the legs which is yep. like a signature of Kageyemudo and i thought that was really smart and i and to 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 this it works towards Mudo's overall character of being like this, you know, really a wrestling genius and that's that's really smart. And it and it plays up to like him being 58, he can't do a lot of the other stuff he he used to do, but he can he can do a lot of really good limb work.
0: When it was called upon for him to do a main event a main event at Budokan Hall, I mean, the guy did everything capable in his very damaged 58-year-old body. I mean, I was really impressed with with the match and what they pulled out. I know one of your highlights had to be Mudo taking those chops and the cameras right in his face as he
1: just yells, oh, fuck. Have you ever seen the Keiji Muto versus Dr. Defty Williams match in All Japan, John? Uh, I have. You know, where they just flip each other the finger and yell, fuck you, <laughs> each other for like 10 minutes. That's an amazing match. Um, I mean, Shiozaki hit like his go flasher, the limit break,
0: and... Muto's kicking out of all of this, and of course, like, the moonsault was a big uh, theme of this with Shiozaki missing, and then after the Emerald Flosion, which the crowd just buzzes as Muto is lifting him because they know exactly what he's going for, and then had to do a second try, and then it's a near fall, Muto then slams him, and then everyone realizes, oh my god, he's walking towards the turnbuckle, and WH, I swear to god, I thought he was going to unretire. The moonsault. I was so thankful he did not, but that was the tease here. But it almost came across as though he was like – I think Shiozaki was supposed to stop him, but it was almost like time stood still and Mudo had to have this like, no, F this. I am not going for this salt
1: at this age. <laughs> I thought that was kind of – I thought it was both smart but also hilarious like – he he stops himself from doing the moonsault because he knows his his knees are knackered, his hips are knackered. He he can't do this move anymore. So bless his heart, he he was smart enough to just to like nah. Uh, she was actually not gonna stop me. I better stop myself.
0: Yes, and, and that was after that was before uh, the slip on the turnbuckle. Uh, but then go, he points to the sky, lands the moonsault. Muto kicks out, and then K G Muto summons his. Uh, inner Scott Steiner and lifted uh lifted his legs off the canvas for not a pretty hurricane up but it finished nonetheless and he landed on top of go and pinned him twenty nine minutes and thirty three seconds I have to say by the end uh I was really impressed with this main event by the end
1: yeah i w- like you said John, it exceeded expectations I did not. I have high hopes going into this, and then after, when it was over, like halfway through, I was like, "This is pretty good." And then when it finished, I I was like, "Whoa, that's that that was pretty good." And I have to say, like, you know, having binged like the last I don't know four main events of New Japan for Wrestling, like this is probably way better in my opinion than anything. That they've produced and just more compelling um in terms of like the storytelling and, and the psychology um and like you people are like saying but you're you're saying this is better than kota Ibushi versus sonata and i'm like i like, say fuck yes it, it was way better
0: i i was more engaged in this I, i'm not going to put this above tanahashi and takagi from a few weeks ago no. but i i was more into this than um the the two main events the the last nights for new beginning i mean athletically yes you had uh more impressive stuff in those matches. But in terms of like a gripping world title match, I mean, I was, I was really invested in this by the midway point and, and definitely by the end. Like those closing 10 minutes, I think the, the, the value of this match or the success of this match is really graded upon by the end. Is Muto in such a role now that when he loses this title and if you assume it's to kill Mia, does it mean something? I don't know if I would have said that before the match, but after I think it does mean something like they they put Mudo on a pedestal by the end of this because of the performance that I feel that match does mean more now because of how this came off.
1: Oh, definitely. I I think the the other thing about this particular match, the the Shizaki Mudo match that I like makes it better for me than like Ibushi versus Sonata is that I know – that ibushi's not losing to sonata i know sonata's probably never going to win the iwgp heavyweight title in this match like i i thought it could go either way to be honest with you like obviously i predicted that Mudo was going to win because you know of his relationship with nosawa but there's also the possibility that you know goes having this amazing epic title reign and maybe he's going to keep it maybe he's going to go to the next show and defend it against you know uh, Kimia a bit that didn't happen but there was drama There was actual drama in like the outcome of this match which i can't say for you know ibushi sonata and so that really helped me my enjoyment and my, my investment in in the story of the match
0: and i also liked afterwards like they were very simple things but i thought they were very effective you had the contrast of you know muto is offering the hand go is just pissed he won't shake muto's hand and just storms off And then you had Kiyomiya, who's in the ring to confront Muto, and of course he lost to Muto last year. So I I think you can go in either direction. You can do the immediate rematch, or you go right to Kiyomiya. Look, what kind of title reign do you expect out of Muto? Is this going to be a a very short one, as in the next title defense, he could lose it? Or do you think that they hold
1: off on Kiyomiya till at least a couple of months from now? Um, I mean, you could go either way. I mean... Is he is he the next challenger? Did they firmly say that Kimia's got the next title shot? They haven't announced anything officially. I mean, that I think that's the 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 speculation that the the commentators were going with. By the way, like Stuart Fulton and Mark Pickering did a great job. Like, I I, watched I really this the, enjoyed the fight these two. Yes, on the, I listened to this on the fight like broadcast and just excellent excellent job by these two i think it helps that you know they're so ingrained within the company itself and in in japan and i think like mark pickering especially has like been living in japan or 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 going over there for a long time so he's really familiar with like the style of wrestling and and the culture which i think helps a lot
0: they like they were so great i think it just explaining like who a lot of the people were but it never felt to me like they were trying to um like dumb things down you know what i mean like they were explaining all the stories they were encyclopedias for just explaining all of the characters the feuds the alliances and but it was like just so clear like they were experts on all of this top to bottom and i thought it was uh, it, it is great that they have this english option i think that'll be very beneficial for noah to to the point that i would really consider if i were noah uh within a few weeks or something like releasing this main event with the English commentary. And I do think you will pick up some people that the English commentary will be a great add on to a match that will probably have some discussion coming out of it.
1: I think, I mean, it really does help new Japan, like with their you know, Western expansion to have like, you know, Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero and Chris Charlton um, explain things, do the commentary, but also have a person like Chris to explain the history of, of the, of the stories and the matches in new Japan. But, I think Mark and and Stuart are really good about you know explaining all this stuff. Just between the two of them, they don't need a, a third person. Like between the two of them, they 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 knew all the the, the stories about like Masawa and the history of the Budokan for Noah, and you know the Shiozaki's relationship with Kobashi and everything like that. That's that's you know that's invaluable. And I think for for new fans who want to try something new, like in terms of Japanese wrestling who have access to Russell universe or fight TV, or maybe like you're saying, maybe they've released this on, on YouTube for free, which would be great idea. Like, Oh my God, I can listen to the commentary and understand the the story behind this match. Awesome.
0: I, I used to always be the one that would say that I never felt like English commentary was like, a necessity i always believed like if you sample the product i think you'll get into the stories and such i think today when there's so much product out there it's a lot for a new fan to try and jump into something that they don't follow and i think not having english commentary that's enough of a barrier for them that i I think it's tough in this day and age to try and be a a japanese product without english commentary if you're trying to appeal to to that English speaking audience. So I I think now it's almost you, you need to have this.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're also, as far as I know, I think they're also the commentary team for like Tokyo Joshi Pro yes. Wrestling, and so I think that's going to be a boon to that company when they do the expansion that they're obviously going to looking to do with uh, their product um, into the West. Because, I mean, a lot of the the a lot of their roster is going to be wrestling in that AEW Women's Tournament on the Japanese side. So, you know, having like Stuart and Mark, you know, be commentators for that, I think is probably going to get more eyeballs on that product as well.
0: Uh, just before we move on to the rest of the card, among the you know the the twenty year history of Noah, where do you place this this title reign that Go Shiozaki just had among the big title reigns for that GHC championship?
1: I I'm gonna so near the top it, for you. I'm gonna place it right after Kobashi's like epic title reign. Uh, I think you know like the the last year Noah showed a lot of growth. I think they um reacquired. Longtime fans, and I think they probably got some new fans, especially in the English-speaking community. Um, And I think that had a lot to do with, you know, like the, the 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 quality of Go's title defenses and the story he was telling with his title reign about his injuries, he his never say die attitude, and and like no one needs that no one has needed someone like Goshizaki to be their champion to kind of shepherd and spearhead um the growth of the product to to go back to Budokan like it it's been nothing but like you know like roses for for Noah this past year like the pandemic all things considered like they're one of the few companies I think that really thrived um in their situation and I think a lot of it had to do with Shizaki it's it's like you know there's Kobashi, then there's Shiyazaki. And then I'm going to say one of, I think the last Sigeru run was really great. And then, you know, here's the thing is there's, there's not that many great epic title reigns in Noah's history for the GHC title. Because, you know, like when Masao was a champion, like, of course, his title reign is up there in Akiyama. But, you know, he Masao never really trusted too many of the younger guys when he was still alive and still the booker. So... And then Noah's business kind of fell down after he died, so it, it's it's really hard to gauge, like like ha, ha, that that this title having that many great title reigns in its history. But like Chizaki's, I think is number two after Kobashi's.
0: Uh, second from the top was Kano defending the GHC National Title against Masakatsu Funaki, fifty one years old. Uh, this guy looked in, in tremendous condition. Uh, for 51, and I, I really got into this match like early on. Uh, Funaki was working in his guard, and then would mount him, and then would just uh, frustrate Kano by just slapping him repeatedly, and then burst to an armbar uh, transition immediately. And we had Kano uh, uh, selling his knees throughout, and then just comes back with these gigantic kicks, and he mounts this comeback against Funaki. And all of a sudden, hits a dragon suplex and pins Funaki. It was a jarring finish. It totally came out of nowhere. Uh, ten minutes and ten seconds it went. Uh, but I'm not going to say jarring finish in the sense that it was uh, a letdown for me. I I enjoyed the fact that it was kind of a finish that came at a unsuspecting point in the match. But I thought that this was really fun for the ten minutes it lasted.
1: Oh, I, I love this match. I, I gave it four stars. Like, Funaki just grinding cano especially like he's he's in the mound he's like inside his garden just like like you're saying just slapping the shit out of him i mean i'm not a big fan of kano so that was kind of fun for me to watch but I, I give credit to kano like he he really stepped up and i thought he acquitted himself like he seems like that's the story of this national title run it's like him him going up against like guys like finaki and murakami and and sakuraba and like that Things it seems to be like they're trying to like situate him as like you know like you know how sakuraba was the crazy hunter like maybe kano is like the the pride hunter or the the shoot style hunter the rings hunter the you know the uwfi hunter or something like that i i thought it was really well done and and just uh just again like funaki one of the smartest people in wrestling john like the, the way he he set the pace and the tone of this match i think led to that really you know not abrupt but like really sudden finish that just you know after i thought oh he pinned him oh i, I, I liked that's, it that's, that's, I, I
0: like the i i think like part of this it's my uh, my biggest critique right now of of New Japan is this almost – this feeling of obligation that our title matches have to go this certain length. And I kind of like that this one – it was a finish out of nowhere, but yes. n- it was impossible to – you would not have felt shortchanged by this. It was a great 10 minutes and it was a just a finish and it just tells you that, yes, a finish in a big title match can come at the 10-minute mark.
1: I mean, that that was always the problem with, like, you know, the tail end of, like, the 90s All Japan stuff is, like, oh, you know they're going to go at least 20 minutes. And there's that one time, like, I think Takao Mori pinned Akiyama in five minutes. And it's, like, great, smart. <laughs> Conditioned the fans to believe that a finish can happen out of nowhere. So. And then Funaki
0: offered his hand. Kano wouldn't shake it. And Funaki then just takes a bow and exits. And then Kano addressed the audience. So a uh, freelancer Funaki uh came, did his duty and put in a hell of a performance tonight.
1: Yeah. I, I hope it's not the last we see of him. He's like one of those guys that, you know, at his age can still go. Like you're saying that the guy, that man isn't like. Oh, he looks great. Position. He looks
0: tremendous for 51. And for a guy that's, you know, been very smart about how he's taking care of himself. Naomichi Michimara Fuji and Junaki Yama versus Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura. Um, Kiomiya is twenty-four, Inamura's twenty-eight, and this this match was all about kind of the, the like the focus was, yes, Kiomiya, but to a degree Inamura as well, who I mean you can describe, but this is a guy who just has a ton of fire and is like this 280 pound um he's like built like a like a safe that you would put your valuables in.
1: He he's built like this big slab of like yakiniku beef that you would like go to the barbecue but it's like you can't cook it because it's so big um i love this guy john like I, i'm not a, i i liked him better when he had the mohawk I, i'm not really fan of like this kind of basic look he has with like just the shaved head and like the back black singlet i i figure he's probably gonna you know get some more color into his gear and his hair like later on but um the the team of akiyama and marafuji fantastic i i i again like this this whole show like at least the parts that i saw i feel like it was veteran guys just like like listen you don't need all this flashy shit and all these flips or whatever and just hitting each other super hard you can tell a great match you can have a great match tell a great story just by wrestling just by doing mat wrestling that's what akiyama marafuji did they they were grounding kiyomiya with like working on his arm and i just thought this is Fucking great! I love this stuff. And then Kimmy and Inamura just like the story is like this generational battle, right? And it became like a war at, at, at probably like you know at the ten minute mark, and I I loved it. Like I just thought this makes so much sense. Like Kimi and Inamura gonna get the rub from like. These guys are legends, John. These in the history of this company, the names Akiyama and Marafuji are legendary. Like they're up there with Masawa and Takayama and Kobashi and Kenta. And so, like, for, for these guys to like have this great match with these two, it was my favorite match of the, of the four that I saw and, and, and just get the win. And Inamura, like, in three years time, John, this guy's, if he's not close, to being the GHC Heavy champion or or being the champion like he's going to be a major force on this roster.
0: He was to to me like yes Keomia is obviously like the the big focal point and he seems to be the guy this year that is, you know, priority number 1, but to me coming out of this match I was most impressed with Inamura who just showed all of this fire and what I liked about this show was yes, there was a utilization of a lot of of legends But it was so clear, like what their role is. And it wasn't just you know, the the younger guys that are in awe of who they're in, in, in the ring with. Like, no, these were the guys that this is our generation and they came a, you were left with them as the dominant impression after these matches as well. Um, it ended here. Kiyomiya uh, sold his arm throughout after it was uh, attacked for a long period of time. And there was a bridging German by Kiyomiya for a near-fall on Marafuji before winning with the Tiger Suplex in 1814. And then Akiyama came over to them, to both Kiyomiya and and Inamura, and they got the endorsement of Junakiyama who shook their hands and then
1: endorsed them on the way out. This was the this was a great great tag match. It's uh it's a theme throughout this the top end of the show, John, the handshake. What does it mean? That's right. Some accepted it, some turned it down. So there you have it. The Noah's Maybe
0: they're just being careful in the COVID era. That could be it too. That's, that's very true. There was no, there were no virtual. Maybe, maybe Kano is really a baby face in 2021 refusing the handshake. He's like, he's like Tanahashi that way. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're, you're Fanaki, you're over 50. You're in a difficult age group. I, we should not be contracting. Uh, Daisuke Harada and, uh, Saiki Yoshioka for the GHC junior heavyweight title. Uh, they went 11 minutes here and this, this turned into a, a very solid match. Uh, Yoshioka was lighting him up with these kicks, and then hit this beautiful moonsault off the top to the floor. This was unbelievable height that he got on this. Uh, they cut to Tenru uh, after watching this moonsault. Um, I, I that's I'm going to mention Tenru, but I don't know what he was thinking watching this moonsault. Not not something he's going to be envisioning at the age of seventy one. Uh, and then one with the crash driver. So ending Harada's junior heavyweight title reign, 11 minutes. And then we got the challenge after the match by Atsushi Kotoge, who was victorious earlier in the night in a uh, six man tag. So that appears to be Yoshioka and Kotoge for the junior heavyweight title next. So if you watch these four matches, WH, I think that you had to be pretty happy with the show. I think this was the, the, the solid part of the show were these, these four matches.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I came away, you know, at the end of the in the main event, and I just thought that that was a great show. I mean, I woke up early. I don't usually wake up early to watch wrestling, John, but I woke up early for this mainly because I didn't want to get the, you know, the main event spoiled for me. I wanted to go into that without knowing, and I, and I was able to do that, so I was really happy about that. But at the same time, it was like at the end of that, I was like that the the junior title match, I liked it. I thought it was good. The tag match, I loved that. That was great the national title match i'm not a big fan of Kano, but that was a great match and then the main event like which i had low expectations for i was like that was fucking great too oh my god this is a great show i mean that was like the
0: undercard here that we'll go through um yoshinori ogawa and hayata defeated uh kotaro suzuki and akuto hadaka to retain the ghc junior heavyweight tag titles Uh, it went 13 minutes and six seconds ogawa used the uh uh head scissors into a cradle and pin Suzuki. They were larger. The story here was how Suzuki was kicked out of stinger and was the former partner with Ogawa and Hayata, but, uh, came up short here. So really didn't get his revenge. It, this really didn't get to, uh, the, the next gear. I would say this was a little underwhelming, uh, given who was involved here. If you had any kind of expectation level for it, fine, but not anything to, uh, go out of your way to see. Uh, there was a 12 man tag. You'll love this, uh, WH. We had Takeshi Sagira, Kazushi Sakuraba, Fujita, Kazunori Murakami, Kendo Kashin, and Nosawa Rangai versus Ketsuhiko Nakajima, Masakitamiya, man- Manabu Soya, Hao, Neo, and uh, Tadasuke of Congo. And out came Nosawa Rangai. And the quote from one of the announcers Nosawa Rangai coming out first. This guy is bad in every sense of the word, which I think can have double meaning for you, WH.
1: Oh, it has one meaning for me. John it has a singular meaning in that he is absolute fucking shit in the ring. Uh, let's see. Murakami. Eh, I don't rate him. Sakuraba. I think he's been good. Fujita, hate this fucking guy. Kashin, hate this guy. Ron guy, hate this guy. Sugera, he's awesome. Let's see. Kongo, how? He's all right. Nakajima, love him. Soya, he's okay. Kitamiya, he's okay. Neo, he's okay. Tediske, hate this fucking guy.
0: <laughs> the announcers called this match a nuclear reaction putting these 12 men together. Uh, at one point, it was a six-on-one beatdown of Nosawa, so you missed that, unfortunately, until Murakami came to the rescue and laid out all six men with left hands. Uh, this was later called organized confusion. Uh, I would say that was definitely an uh, accurate uh, depiction of this match. One thing that drove me nuts on this show, okay? I know Noah, the, I guess Cyber Agent, is uh, like pumping in their uh, production budget. They have this corner cam, Okay, it's the worst thing in the world. Number one, if you're going to have a new camera angle, it better be equal to your regular camera angle. It looks blurry as hell. And there were spots where the guy would get thrown into the corner. So you'd be at the perspective of the corner and the screen would just totally pixelate because of
1: the impact. It's the worst idea. Ditch this camera. It's awful. I fucking hate this camera i've seen it on previous noah shows and i'm just thinking why why are you having a camera first of all like it, it's never a stable image because it's getting jarred because people are, you know running into the base of it for fuck's sakes and then it i don't even like the angle it's not even good angle like forget like the the blurry picture or the get you know getting jarred all the time it's like it's just a bad angle like fucking make do another hard cam angle or something i don't fucking know but like this is shit cyber Asian, if you're listening and I know you are because you, you you booked the fucking main event the way I thought it was gonna go. Get rid of this goddamn camera. Me and John Pollock are saying get rid of it. It's shit.
0: Sakuraba paired off with Nakajima in the corner at the end, while Sugiura was in uh, with Neo and pinned him after the Olympic Slam. Ten minutes, fifty eight seconds. Just a lot of bodies going all over the place here. It was uh, it was a lot. Twelve twelve man tags
1: are um, I think uh. Uh, A a tough thing to pull off. Did did Murakami stand out with the suit, John?
0: (laughs) He, I mean, he wore the suit. Uh, He got his big spot of just laying everyone out with his left hand. And that was about the involvement of uh, Kazunori Murakami in in this particular match. Uh, Masaki Masaki Mochizuki and Masato Tanaka defeated Muhammad Yone and Shuhei Tanaguchi in seven minutes. Uh, This came after uh, the double sliding knees uh, and Tanaka pinning Yone in seven minutes. Average tag, nothing wrong with it. It was, uh, this is the second match
1: of the show. Uh, all right. Uh, sorry, this is the yeah. third match of the show. You know what? They, they should call the Ems Alliance team the, like, the fountain of youth because, like, Muchizuki can still go. And my God, Basano Tanaka, after it's the insane. career this man's head, like, look out, he looked pretty fucking good in this match, right? Like, like physically.
0: Tanaka always looks fine. I mean, he's, he's definitely, like, y- you can see, like, I, I think, like, the, It's starting to wear on him, you can see, but, I mean, the guy is still – if you were watching this man in 1999 with Mike Awesome and I was to tell you that uh, 22 years later, he'll still be having perfectly fine wrestling matches,
1: I would have said you're out of your goddamn mind. There's a lot of mileage on this man's body, especially his head, and the fact that he can still, you know, not, you know, like – like, he's, like, 2001 Masato Tanaka or 2005 Masato Tanaka. but Like, you know, he's still pretty good. Like, I, I take him over a lot of, like, younger guys with less mileage on, on their bodies than him, you know, any day of the week. Uh, one match, yeah, you might want to check
0: out uh, WH from uh, the undercard. Uh, we had a six-man tag with Yohei, uh, Hajime Ohara, and Kai Fujimura against Atsushi Kotoge, uh, Daiki Inaba, and... Yasutaka Yano. So Fujimura and Yano are kind of their, uh, their, their young talent here that kind of got a big focus. If you want to feel old, they mentioned that Yano was born several days after Noah's debut in 2000. And here he is. Um, so they, I, I just like that it was a big focus on Yano and Fujimura, uh, throughout this. Yano hit this giant high cross to everyone on the floor. Uh, Kotoge, I hated this spot, uh, skull to skull headbutt on Fujimura and then, Hit the moonsault for the pin at 7.53. Uh, Katogi going over strong here as he'll be ma- making the challenge later for the junior heavyweight title. And then the show opened up with Akitoshi Saito, 55 years old, uh, destroying Kenya Okada in 5 minutes and 11 seconds with the sickle of death.
1: I don't get this. I like, I don't either. Yes. You know, <laughs> this is like Okada is like one of those guys that they should really be like looking to push and having like a win over, you know, like Saito. His best days are long behind him. Like, but Saito defeats Okada. This is like one of those things where I'm just like, you know, overall, like it's, it's a well booked and well run company. But like things like this, people are like, oh, it's just the opener WH, it's just a five minute opener. It's like, no, but those five minute openers, they, they, you know they're like the, the 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 ink the ink you know the filling. If you get a comic book, John, you have like the penciling, you know. But you need the inking to like fill in the holes. That's what matches like these are. You need to fill in the hole, fill in details. Like and someone like Okada, give this guy the push. He's been in the company. Like I think he he debuted in around the same time as Kiyomiya. You need to get this guy up on Kiyomiya's level. He's twenty eight. You know, like he's not. Uh, yeah. you know that young. No. It's the same thing with Milwaukee and the juniors. Like this guy needs to get start getting pushed too, but you know, I don't know. There's there's like I said, there's lots of problems with the booking as well as the good points of it.
0: They did announce a crowd of 4,196. Um of course they had the uh the limited capacity, but I would say like it it looked like that was a legit number and I've got to say like I think that this was uh, overall like a very strong showing for Noah. Um highlighted by like the second half of the show i thought the booking was i i was not opposed by the end of it with like mudo having this title reign i think the main event delivered and i think you have a lot of interesting angles of where you go after that um i i, I was i was very happy with, with with this show and not a crazy length either like this was it was over three hours but that also had like a like a 20-25 minute intermission in there so I found it to be a very easy show to watch. Uh, The English commentary added a lot as well. So, yeah, I I thought a thumbs-up
1: show altogether. I like the production of the show. I thought the entrance looked really cool. Um, The other thing... I wanted to quickly ask you about, John, is what do you think about the new Pro Wrestling NOAH logo? That was my last question that I was going to give to you.
0: So they unveiled their new logo. It's got the white, black, and uh, NOAH letters in green with a ring on top of it. Uh, I didn't have a strong feeling, positive or negative to it, but I I defer to you. I like Um, it more than the white and black uh, and red color scheme. I like that the green is involved. Uh, it seems like it's almost like uh, like a compromise of old Noah versus uh, Ladet Noah that wanted to simply
1: completely erase itself from the history. I was just getting used to like the Ladet Noah, but yeah, you know, as I as I look at this logo, it's starting to grow on me. Someone made a point. To me on Twitter, like that, it's very reminiscent of the DDT logo. Like, the, 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 not the fonts are exactly the same, but, you know, the, the overall design is very, very, you know, similar between these. Of, of course, both are brands of, of Cyber Fight or Cyber Agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the TJPW logo. I, it's probably similar to this. Well, so it seems to me like they're, you know, the, 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 the parent company is kind of like consolidating like the images of all their companies under their, the wrestling banner.
0: Well, uh, do you do you foresee, uh, given we're, given we've seen like Budokan Hall, it's uh, booked by Stardom coming up, and we'll talk about that card. Uh, New Japan's going to be running Budokan Hall. I would imagine like there is an incentive for these companies to be running Budokan Hall now that maybe they're getting uh, some kind of rate on the on the rent for the building. Can you see Noah coming back to Budokan this year?
1: Yes, I, I think they're probably going to try to you know book it as as often as they can in a logical way like not just have like a spot show there obviously like build towards a big title match and that they think is going to draw at least you know 4 to 5000 people but i mean i think the the thing with you know now is that there's no pressure to draw like if you don't sell out budokan like at full capacity It's okay now because you have the excuse of the pandemic. And so, like, but just to say, like, we're running Budokan. That was a big, you know, kind of selling point for this show to, like, to Noah's fans is, like, we're returning to the Budokan. Oh, like, a lot of the promotion is based on that. So they And they know that they're not going to fill it to capacity, like, because of the pandemic. So it's easier, I think, to run Budokan. And and have that prestige without worrying about like oh are we gonna what 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 are we gonna announce as the attendance is it gonna be embarrassing for us it doesn't matter right so
0: let's move over to New Japan they just wrapped up the new beginning in Hiroshima cards the last uh, couple of nights uh, you mentioned the main events uh, highs and lows what 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 came away I want I want to start I know what your answer is going to be but the twenty nine plus minute IWGP Tag Title match as dangerous techers were disqualified against the gorillas of destiny after the iron fingers of death made their return to the possession and taking over the soul of Taichi.
1: This was like one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, John, as a professional wrestling fan, because like the potential for like something really good to happen was there. But I think Instead. you and I had
0: very similar reactions to this. I read some of your comments. Like I, I hated the beginning with the stupid uh, gifts that were all wrapped. Like I was hating this match. And then when Zach got that tag, they pulled me right back into this. And I was really into the middle. And then by the end, I'm sorry, if you're going 29 minutes and that's that's the finish I'm
1: getting, it's just I, w- I was angry at the end. Thank a lot. Zach you Jr. did the best job they could given their spots in this match, which was second fiddle to their respective partners. On one hand, in the G.O.D. corner, you have Tama fucking Tonga giggling and laughing like a fucking idiot for, like, the first 15 minutes of this fucking match while Taichi is looking for this fucking stupid fucking oven mitt. That's what it is, John. It's a fucking oven mitt painted silver and they pretend that it's like the fucking hammer of thor it's not it's not the fucking infinity gauntlet it's a fucking oven mitt but they base this whole match around this instead of like aren't these isn't this match for the iwc tagging titles isn't that more important to you but no no Chi is more concerned about finding his stupid gimmick glove that he got as a gift from fucking izuka who was a comedy wrestler by the time he he retired like izuka like let's be honest like i know people people say izuka was great no he wasn't he was shit he's a shit wrestler who had a worse gimmick almost than fucking zombie undertaker which is saying a lot because zombie undertaker was fucking shit okay he he also like he did the
0: gimmick because he was like so beaten down that like he needed that character work to be able to have a role like he was just like he could not go for those last number uh, numbers of years. Uh, at, at that point, that the the gimmick was kind of like his shortcut through the matches.
1: Yeah, and it's just this thing. The you know this gimmick is still around because it's like they think it's they think it's funny. I don't think it's funny, but like some people do. Okay, if you like it, that's fine. But. It, it transforms tai, the tai Chi into,
0: like, a different version of himself, much like we have Division WH Park, and then we have Post-ProRes WH Park. And then the darkest is Rewind a SmackDown WH.
1: Well, we don't see that version too often. No. If, if you do, like – but there's also, like, you know – That's Keisha I, I ever If you ever get me to watch, you know, AW Dynamite on a regular basis, you might see a different version there too. But, yeah, I, I – I just thought this was a complete waste of time and I was angry like you know two things that like that that are important to me John one one is money but you can always get money back the other is time which is more important to me because you can never get time back and I just felt this 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 fucking match just wasted a a portion of my life
0: which I will never get back that was my biggest negative that it went 29 minutes I would have been much less harsh on this if they had wrapped this up in 14 minutes because th- for me I think it definitely affected my, uh, enjoyment of the main event, which I, I don't think it was, uh, the, the best Hiromu show match, uh, that these two are possible of having. But when you're, when you know your main event is going 35 minutes, that is the focal point of your show. And I'm not booking a 29 minute disqualification right before that. Uh, cause it took me a long while to get into Hiromu and show. And I think it was just totally unnecessary that you're, match second from the top I think it dragged down the main event as a consequence
1: yeah and I I have to say like I found it very difficult to get into this match as well because I'm watching the beginning of this match and to me I I thought they they seem to have like thought to themselves that we're not going to be junior heavyweights right now we're going to pretend we're Masao and Kawada we're going to have an all Japan style heavyweight title match and it didn't work for me it's like no you guys should be emphasizing your speed your agility and like your technical prowess as well but they just you know spent most of the match hitting each other and I was just and normally I'm into that kind of stuff but John I don't know for whatever reason I just wasn't into it for for these two guys and maybe it was that it was that tag match before I think that played a part into it as well but I just thought this the tone of this match between Hiromu and Show was just really weird and and off for me and I couldn't get into it and it was 35 minutes. Like, that to me, That that's a big ask of your audience. And
0: I don't think it should just be the norm that, well, we're headlining a show and it's got to be a 30-plus main event. It's just, to me, that's uh, that but- should be reserved. Like, if you're going to be going that time, I'm going to be grading this against, like, it's got to be – match-of-the-year quality, like once you're going 35 minutes. And it uh, to me, uh, this match would have been greatly benefited by uh, a totally different booking of the tag match, uh, but also going less. Like, this would have been a much stronger 22
1: than 35-minute match uh, in my well, opinion. I, I think it's an overall trend you, you've seen in the last, you know, 6 to 12 months uh, in New Japan for wrestling. I have a theory. My theory is that, you know, they, they've always been interested— in that Western expansion, especially, you know, with the, the acquisition by, by Boucher Road. But I think Boucher Road as a parent company, they, they want to make money with New Japan Pro Wrestling and they have been making money, but they want to make more money. And I think, you know, part of their like efforts with New Japan USA is to like look at WWE and these television rights deals that, you know, that's, usually dominates the talk when you talk about the WB, but now also with AW, like they must look at AW like within a year, they got this like really nice deal, TV rights deal with, with TNT, right? So they're like thinking, wait, but we're the most, you know, we're the most critically lauded like product in wrestling in the whole world. Maybe we could get to get some of this money. So that's why I think there's this, this push to make their product more American, right? With the way th- things are booked and having like signed some of, some of these characters that have, that have come through in the last couple of years, but also like having these, these long matches, they think, okay, we got to, that's what people love about our company are these long matches. Cause like they get all these like, you know, five-star ratings or whatever from people because they're long. And they're, I think they're completely missing the point. It's not because they're long It's because they're good. Not because they're long, but because like they're well told and they, they, they use their time wisely. I don't, I, I don't find anything new Japan has done outside of maybe five, I say, let's say out of 30 matches, John, like maybe there's five that I thought that went over 25 minutes that were really good and excellent and I love them. But most of them are like, why? Why is this so long? Because nothing happens in the matches and they're, they go long for the sake of being long. And that's my theory is that they, they think this will help them get one of these television rights deals that, that they are probably like rubbing their hands. Oh, my God. If we could just get a fraction of even what AEW got from TNT, like, we'll be happy. Uh, any thoughts on the second night? Uh, Kotohoshi over Sonata. Uh,
0: that was the major match on the show. And afterwards, Naito challenging Abushi for the Intercontinental Title only.
1: So the Sonata Abushi match was was fine. I I didn't think I didn't think it was great. I you know I would go gentleman's three, maybe three and a half on that thing. It was fine athletically, like those two, like great. But you know I I find Sonata to be a hard watch now. Like and and I used to be so high on this dude, like the first two years of his return to Japan, very, very high on this guy. And I thought he should get a big push. I think they might have missed the boat on him. And a, a lot of what I was told was that, you know, like and my theory is that like he 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 was working without a contract for a long time. And I assume he's under contract now, but I don't take that as a given. But if he's not under contract, I, if I'm him, I'm just like. And they're never gonna give me a contract, so I just do what I do, and you know they give me these pushes once in a while, but I've never become a star because i'm not they never offer me a contract, so I'm just gonna work to a certain level and and they think that shows now in in his work, and I don't get into him now, like I don't blame him if he's if he's working without a contract, that's just speculation on my part then yeah, fuck it, just do your just go but i I don't have to care about him anymore, and I don't so. Uh, And and the whole thing with Naito, come on, John. This is bullshit. Like, why is he only challenging for the IC title? It's like, he hates that title. And I know people will say, but he reconciled, like, with that title. But not to the point where he's going to forego the world title to just challenge for the white belt. Like, if it was Shinsuke Nakamura, that would make perfect sense because Shinsuke Nakamura loves that belt. And he made that fucking belt a star. And he made himself a star with that belt. That would make sense. Someone like like – Someone who has a story with that belt, like Shinsuke Nakamura did, that would make sense if only challenge for that belt. But with Naito, MVP. it makes zero sense. A- MVP or Goto, even <laughs> like it makes zero sense for Naito to challenge just for this belt. And like, oh, but he doesn't want Naito, uh, like Ibushi to merge them or something like that. Okay, then take the world title and leave Ibushi the white belt. It doesn't make any sense. And to me, it's just like it's they're trying to be smart for the sake of being clever, but it, it just makes them look stupid. Well. Uh, they have announced,
0: uh, for their upcoming tour for the road to castle attack, uh, on the way they will do the junior heavyweight tag title match with, uh, Fantasmo and Taiji against Hiromu Takahashi and Bushi. That'll be February 25th. And then they've got back to back nights at Osaka, uh, at Osaka Joe hall headline the first night by Okada versus evil, uh, with no stipulation attached. I thought for sure there would be some kind of uh, stipulation after. Uh, I'm sure you loved all that in the, in the middle of the uh, the second night. And then
1: Jay White and Ishii as well, uh, topping the first night. Oh, what else do we have here? Yano versus Chase Owens. Oh, Jesus, John. What a fucking traction that is for me. Uh, Goto, Goto versus, versus- Tamatonga,
0: And then Yoshihashi versus Tangaloa. And then Kojima, Tenzon, and Tanahashi in the opener against Osprey, Jeff Cobb, and the great Okan.
1: Uh, what this is – oh god, what a show. Like if I got free tickets to this, John, but I had to pay for my – the bullet train from Numazu and pay for my hotel, I'd say, fuck that. I'm not going. It's not worth it.
0: It's very um, very lopsided. I mean they're putting four title matches on the second night with none the first night. The The second night's got Abushi and Naito, Hiromu against Phantasmo. Tanahashi defending the Never title against Great O'Con, and then the tag title match with Gorillas of Destiny against Yoshihashi and Goto, uh, and then we'll get some uh, some tags underneath that six-match card, uh, and that those will be your two nights at osaka Joe Hall, which, which is not a small building.
1: No, I've been there. Um, yeah. Okay, like, I think that okay. first night, that that is going to be tough. Okay, Ibushi Naito. I've seen this already. It happened like a month and a half ago. Takahashi... El Midcardo, saw that, didn't like it, that was a month and a half ago. Tahashi, Great Okan, I saw, this is all fucking rematches, John. This is, what is this, like fucking vengeance after fucking Wrestlemania? You know what I mean? It's like they're just having all rematches. It's bullshit. It's a bullshit card. Oh, second, second match, Yano, Ishii, Okada versus Chase Owens, Jay White, oh my god, an evil, oh Jesus, like, y- you'd have to pay me to go to this show, John. Like, I wouldn't pay money to fucking see these shows.
0: We we could we couldn't pay you to go at this time. There was uh, it'd be it'd be just too difficult to get you back here. We we need you at full strength. We can't have you quarantined for two weeks coming back here just to send you for a castle attack.
1: You needed quarantine my eyes for two weeks if I if I watch this entire sh- these entire shows, John.
0: Uh, after that, um, also on this tour will be the debut of a uh, twenty four year old Yuto Nakashima, who will be their latest uh, young lion, who will be added to the mix. I've got to imagine the WH, like I don't foresee any excursions this year.
1: Sure, John. Like maybe that forbidden door will be open and like, you know, like fucking I can go work fucking, you know, fucking YouTube for like a four hour show on YouTube for, for AEW to get better working the fucking private party or something. That'll that'll be great. That that's that's a real great benefit of the fucking forbidden door being open. You know, I don't know. Like, if you want to talk about that, like, I don't care. Like, I'm so out of touch with New Japan. Like, I don't care if they like go full in bed and like the Young Bucks win every fucking tag title in 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 New Japan. Like, that can happen. I wouldn't care anymore. But like, I think people got to be realistic. The reason they this door has been creaked open a little is because Moxley probably made it happen. That's my theory. Moxley said, "Like, listen, we already taped the match. It's gonna happen." You can either be on board and get some benefit out of this and get some buzz, or it's just going to happen on you, Japan straw. It's up to you guys. And and Tony probably thought about it, but fuck it. Let's do it. Let, let's, let's do it. Let's just have it over with. And we'll get Kent on these shows. And he can go, go tell Kata to fuck off, which is a highlight for me. I love that part, John. But, you know, like, whatever. Like, I don't, if you think this is going to go like somewhere like major down the line, it's probably not.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like all, all their hands are tied anyway. It's not like they can do much uh, now. I, I think beyond, I, I think they hope that this is viewed as some benefit to both sides that they can revisit later. But I mean, in in the interim, like there's like like when you're talking about, man, are we able to be able to uh, pull off the Olympics in, in Tokyo? Uh, it's like I I don't I don't think we're at a stage where it's. Uh, working out uh, U.S. talent coming over and, and back and forth and such. So I, I think that we're a long ways from even this being something that can actually be something of substance beyond just the fact that you have Kenta who lives over there that can do the shows. So I think it's, it's something will it become something more is
1: up up for debate. I, I think people also have to remember that like, there has to be some kind of existing like deal business relationship between AW and and Cyber Agent because they have the relationship using the talent firm Tokyo Joshi, you know, Josh Perez to come work in the women's division. And I and like Kenny worked at DDT show. So I have to imagine like, you know, like to me, I think it would make make way more sense for like them to start focusing on these DDT towns that are like really excellent wrestlers come over, work their shows and get and build you know, like kind of awareness for these guys. And I think, you know, like DDT, if they were smart, they would try to push that a bit more. But like there might be an existing relationship beyond the the, the Joshi side of it. But like, you know, Bushiro is not going to want to get into bed with someone who has a relationship with a with a rival, which is like, you know, Bushiro's rival in the wrestling market in Japan is is cyber agent with Noah, DDT, and, you know, Cho- Tokyo Joshi Press. Because that's, you know, going up against stardom, which they own as, you know, that Bushiro owns.
0: Uh, they have put the – I haven't checked, but they were supposed to put that false Count Anywhere match up on New Japan World. And we also had uh, – it was impossible if you watched the new beginning shows not to be reminded ample times about New Japan's launch on the Roku channel this past Thursday.
1: Yeah, and that's exciting, John. Like I have a Roku stick that I never use and I'm probably not going to use it for this because you know what? I already have access to New Japan World. <laughs> Yeah, this was
0: one where – I mean when they announced that a deal was – an announcement was coming, uh, I don't know how many people pegged the Roku channel, but I think this is going to be – like I, I don't really put any kind of stock into this. It's great if some I, – I think the idea of just being on a platform and suddenly, well, there's so many people that can now sample your show. It's like I saw when Lucha Underground got put on Netflix – and that was the thinking was, well, you're, there's people that are just going to casually find Lucha Underground. It's like, I never heard one person that found Lucha Underground on Netflix. I think we're like, you have to be looking for the product that you are going to be watching. So, until if, if this opens the door, if six months from now there's a great response and this leads to a more sizable television deal, great, that's something to
1: celebrate. But this to me is, uh, I, I don't think this means a whole lot. No, I, I mean, if they got on ESPN and they got like, you know, over five years, they got like three million dollars or something like that. Awesome, but they're on Roku. I don't. Who knows what kind of money exchanged hands? It, it's it's a wet fart, John. That's exactly. You know, that's how I would put it. This announcement with the Roku stick channel, where the fuck it is? It's a wet fart.
0: Stardom. They're going to Budokan Hall for their anniversary card on March the third, and they've got the lineup. We've got uh. Yutami Hayashishita defending the World of Stardom title against Saya Kamatani. A loser, a loser gets their haircut match between Julia and Tam Nakano. Mayu Iwatani versus Yoshiko. Momo Watanabe versus Nane Takahashi. Azumi versus Natsupoi for the high-speed
1: championship. And then there will be an all-star rumble. What do you think about the lineup for Con? For I, I think it's great, John. Like, stardom... To me, you know what? Joshi in general is so much well better booked than, than the men's company in Japan. And like they ran these angles and seedling with like I think it was like Momo Watanabe and Sayida coming to invade. And they had a match against like Nanai Takahashi and I think it was Arisa Nakajima that I, I have it. I'm going to send you the link for that, but I, I have that show, and I, I can't wait to watch it when I have some time this weekend. But like to me, I'm excited about Stardom. I think this Mayu Iwatani-Yoshiko match is going to probably be really good. Um, I don't know if you saw it, John, but they had this 15-minute time limit draw match between Mayu Iwatani and Tam Nakano that was fucking great. Cause, I have like, not the, seen it. The, the story between these two... Okay, so like I come out of this match thinking... Okay, Mayu Itani is Misawa in all Japan. She's the ace of this company. So what's Tam? And I'm watching this match, and I'm thinking about the history between her and Mayu like in the last two years. And I'm thinking, oh my god, Tam Nakano is fucking Toshiaki Kawada. And, and then once I once I go into this mind mindset with these two, like this, this match, great. On its own, great. But if you go into that match thinking this, and you know the history between these two... This match was so good. And John, it was only 15 minutes. It was fucking great. It wasn't 30 minutes. It wasn't like 46 minutes. It was 15 minutes, but I, I came out of this and this, this, this match did the exact job it was meant to do. I came out of this thinking, I want to see this match again with 30 minute time limit or a 60 minute time limit, maybe for a belt. It doesn't matter, but just, I want to see these two fight again because they had such great chemistry. and, and like Tom Nakano going just like done such a great job. Like, elevating herself she's gotten so much better in the ring but i think also developing her character and also developing her story like breaking away from from you know from from mayu's like group and being like her own person and not in mayu's shadow anymore it's a it's a great great story and i this whole feud with julia has also done wonders for her what do you think that this attracts at at budokan numbers wise um like four
0: thousand to me seems awfully ambitious I don't see stardom being able to attract that or or am i wrong do you think like this this kind of a lineup could uh and especially piggybacking
1: off of a new japan show let's be conservative and i'm gonna err on the side of caution and say like maybe maybe three thousand because i was maybe i was thinking 3, two to 3, yeah yeah
0: which yeah, for yeah. stardom is an incredible number i mean I i don't think people realize like the level of stardom like this is an enormous undertaking, running Budokan Hall uh, for them, and but again, and, they probably got a deal, right? Like Bushido probably got a deal yeah, on this venue. Yeah. So, so um, um, how fast will this be up on Stardom World?
1: Isn't it on pay per view? I don't know. I, I think I heard something like it, it's going to be on pay-per-view. I have to look into that, but I, I'm thinking the turnaround is going to be like within like within a week. Sometimes they'll get like their big shows up with within a week. They they might put it up without any of the like the English bells and whistles, the subtitles, and they just might put the whole show up like within a day or so. Like I hope it's up like really soon because I really I really want to watch like pretty much every match on this show because I just think overall like top to bottom, Stardom is is my favorite promotion just how it's booked because everything makes sense and and the talent there is just. Out of this world. And their 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 relationships with with like you know seedling and and sometimes marvelous has been like so beneficial. Like I would love to see Takumi Aroha come back to to do more dates with Stardom as well.
0: We should we should uh, book ahead and do our next show and and review this one because I definitely want to yes. watch
1: this card. So
0: that will be on the on the books for the March the March show that we do. Um, we skipped over this with New Japan, but last month we had talked about watching a series of the same multi-man tag that was going to be redone to death by new japan uh i failed the homework assignment and did not see these matches you
1: you definitely get a pass you didn't see them all but you saw enough of them i i saw the the three that were at quark hall three nights in a row and i i binged these john so i binged these like maybe like the the fourth day of this tour and then I thought oh I should go watch these cuz I got you know I I said I would I would watch them all so matched up so I I I came out with ratings for them John but they're kind of untrad you know non-traditional ratings so match number 1 um I I went eh and <sighs> and, and what what is the match oh it what was it again it's Suzuki Gun versus the Bullet Club this again is Minoru Suzuki Douki da- uh, Yosinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado against uh El Fantasma, Taiji Ishimori, Ghetto, and Jado. Oh god! And in all and all these matches, John. <laughs> Everyone Minoru just sit Suzuki, back and and just wait for WH's ratings. This lineup. The, <laughs> the in, in, in all these matches, Minoru Suzuki, one of the greatest wrestlers of the last three years, is is fucking paired with fucking Ghetto, the Booker. Fuck. Anyways, match number one. What I got I had some notes here. Match number one was nine minutes and thirty one seconds, John. I gave it a eh rating. <laughs> eh. Okay. Match match two. Match two. Nine minutes forty eight seconds. My rating for this was Are you fucking kidding me? All right. Uh match three. Ten minutes. Think, think keep getting longer, John. Ten minutes and fifty three seconds. And I was like, my rating for this was like just fucking kill me already. God, that's a slippery slope. From, eh. Uh, and then four and five, I did not watch because you know, even though I didn't watch them, I gave them the same rating. You and that rating was no fucking way. The perfect uh, that 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 is reviewing. Can at, I tell you the finest. overall, the actual overall storyline in the in these matches, John? You know what it was the, R- the overarching G. story. Okay. No, the overarching storyline was that that uh, El Fantasma likes to rake people's backs. Uh, and so does Taiji Shimori now, and he's, he apparently, allegedly, has something in his shoe that makes his super kick stronger. John, that that was the fucking story of all these. These fucking matches, and every match with El Fantasmo now is based around this stupid fucking gimmick. He thinks he's the Iron Sheik or something now, and it's like I'm, I'm done with I'm done with this. I was done with this guy a long time ago. I'm more done with him now. I don't care how how entertaining he he seemingly was on commentary for some people. That's awesome, but please don't try to tell me he's he's an entertaining, wonderful addition to to any roster. He's not. He's he's a goofy fucking sports entertainer and i don't want to see that in my japanese wrestling we need a sponsored segment for wh's rapid reviews
0: it'll be a monthly staple here on the show before we end off this show final topic here uh was the giant baba memorial show that happened a couple of weeks back uh did you get to see the show and what was there anything that that stood out uh tenru was there present thankfully he was not wrestling on this show i i
1: embarrassed to say john i did not have time to watch this show i though i really wanted to but i i had on good authority from someone who did watch this and has you know great taste in wrestling that's jojo Remy. he said if you're gonna watch anything watch the bushi versus Atsuki aoyagi match okay and watch the Yuji Nagata and Yuma Aoyaki teaming against, teaming with each other to take on the team of Hikaru Sato and Minoru Suzuki. Um, so I'm going to definitely watch those and I, I'm definitely going to watch the six man tag team main event, Butoh, Kojima, and Suwama. You know, like that's like, you know, 2000, 2010s, you know, all Japan right there against Tenzan, Kaz and Masayuki Kano. The problem with you know the only problem with this match is that Tenzon Kono man, eh, not so good but Kazayashi can still probably go a bit so probably it was somewhat entertaining. We'll see. But I, I really wanted to see that absent you know from this, I don't see his name anywhere is Kento Miyara, which is a real shame. But that made the last that made that made the last Baba Memorial show. Him and Tanahashi in the same match was that was fucking great. We don't necessarily have that in this show. But Bushi Aoyagi... Nagata, Ayaki versus Sato Suzuki. Apparently go watch those. They were good.
0: Yeah, this one you got to see
1: uh
0: Arashi and Tiger Mask 2 team together.
1: And Sushi S- S- Kikuchi. I love yep. that guy, John. And then Asushi Anita was on this show. A lot of people like Tenru, Onita. People actually Baba hated because they, they left him.
0: Hey, we we'll, we'll we'll end off on this because we got this question on Ask Away, and I wanted to ask you as well about how you think uh, the legacy of Atsushi Onita uh, will be will be written one day in terms of uh, a, a few strengths and weaknesses? I don't need you to go through a whole career bio of Onita, but
1: when I say that name, what what, what instantly comes to mind? Uh, charisma, and I think a pioneer, like a pioneer of like. You know, that's something I'm a big fan of, which is deathmatch wrestling in, in Japan. I think if you're going to point to the one person who popularized it to to the point that, you know, it, it's still very popular and, you know, bolsters up several promotions, just being deathmatch promotions, it would be Onida in, in FMW. But I think on the on the other hand, it's it's also a legacy of, you know, going back on his word he's 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 up there with terry funk and like being famous for going back on his word about retiring and also being involved with some scandals in japan i forget the exact details it's not someone It's only has never been someone like i'm super into but like you know like this man did did the angle with with jose gonzalez
0: after the brody death i mean that to me was pretty much as low as you can get in pro wrestling angles
1: yeah, that you. Rhyme, I totally forgot about that. Then now you say it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Unita, you know, exploitation and and controversy, and you know, like trying to make a buck. These are synonymous with you know, Asushi Unita. But you know, like he, his influence The is man, huge. The, man the, the man, the man. You gotta, you gotta give the man some credit. Like he went far with so little. Like the reason he left All Japan is because you know, he was a junior heavyweight, and he saw he was never going to get to the next level right he was gonna get to the masawa kawada or kobashi levels so and also like his knees apparently were like destroyed being a junior headweight so like he he became a deathmatch wrestler and and an amazing brawler with like super charisma and he made like a living off this like he cemented his legacy like like a bona fide you know hall of famer because like of like the influence he had and like how much success financially he had as well in in like that, you know, I don't know exactly the length of his his peak and where he was drawing money like in Kawasaki Stadium for with FMW. But it I, let's let's just be generous and say it, maybe it's five years, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter. But that's amazing. You know, and that he still talked about, like, people say his name. You know who he is. Like, he's one of those people, like, if you're, you've never seen any of his matches, John. You say the name Asushinita and you're familiar with Japanese wrestling, you'll know who he is. Yeah, I mean, um,
0: a a, a highly influential figure, um, I I think, completely. And you can go down the list of, you know, of what he was able to do. And I think FMW is, like, it really is, like, spectacular what what that group the height it was able to uh ascend to
1: and like you know and he worked with like people who you know weren't were great workers but they also had charisma like mr pogo and masanaga but he was able to you know do something with guys like this and i but you know the 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 you know the other side of his negative legacy is that he never put over Hayabusa. He never put over Masada Tanaka when he should have. and it 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 hurt them to some degree, and it hurt FMW to the degree, you know, like along with other things with FMW's history, but like where they eventually died as a company, and that you know their success, very dependent on Associonita, but their failure as a company also be to some degree because of Assosionita.
0: Well, everyone, that is going to bring an end to the show, but I do want to uh, alert everybody to the most recent edition of the long and winding Royal Road as WH and Dylan Fox gave an unbelievable retrospective on the career of the aforementioned Toshiaki Kawada. Unbelievable show. This was tremendous, WH. I cannot recommend it enough for those that want to learn all about Kawada. Whether you are... uh, not familiar with Kawada or have followed him, I guarantee you are going to learn
1: things on this two and a half hour show. Oh, thanks, John. Like I I I thought Dylan was awesome on this show. Like for me, I was like, I always do these things and I thought, that was was that any was was I any good on that? Like, I'm not trying to be false modesty. Like I always have an issue with like my like my own work. And so um I think was that good. And then you know like people listened to it and and got back to me and like a lot of positive feedback on, on on Twitter. So that was really nice to see. And I'm always happy if my guests get the recognition I think they deserve. So like kudos to Dylan. Like he he really did a lot of research, especially like about Kawada's time in in uh, Calgary and Texas and to some degree in in Montreal. Like it's it's not something that's really talked about a lot with his career. But also like the relationship you know he had with Misawa and like you know with his mentor Tenru and things like that. And like I did a lot of research for that as well. But like I Think you know, like Dylan and I together, just like we're able to like you know mesh all this all this information together, and I and I hope people found it entertaining. I I know it's like two and a half hours, I was like worried about the length a little, but at the same time, it's like you know you got to give Kawada as much you know time and and details as you know like you do with Masao, and I gave Masao a lot of time deservedly so and i thought but kawada deserves it just as much and and he's just one of you know one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and of the four pillars he's my favorite because i think he has the most compelling story of all of them go check that out it is on the uh
0: on the post wrestling feed uh you can go check out all the long and winding royal road episodes that are up there for free for everyone to check out also, WH Park can be heard every Sunday with Waiting for Members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. With RewandaVision. Division, episode six is going to be released this Sunday. Uh, the podcast you can already go and, and watch Wandavision for this week. But uh, a runaway hit, WH, you're just uh, you're
1: on fire right now. I I've been seeing a lot of positive responses to RewandaVision, Division, and that that really makes me happy. I you know, I think this is like like my first like long. Long term project with with way. So that's really nice to see that it's it's being received so well. He and I are the the Kim's convenience of post wrestling. John, did you know that you are? Yes, I've heard you talk about the show. I, I never got into
0: Kim's convenience, but your uh, your subtle mentions of it have kind of uh, drawn my curiosity to finally
1: check it out i i think you would like kim's convenience john you can you can see all of it on you know either the the netflix gimmick or the cvc gem gimmick like netflix there's no commercials for season one to four but i i've been keeping up on on the gem app on my uh my my uh my streaming device um i i relate to janet she's the one i relate to and and you know way maybe way is kind of like june but Maybe he's also Gerald. We'll see. Like, let me know what you think if you watch this show, John. But yeah, Rewind Division. I can't wait to talk to Wade tomorrow. Like I, this, this episode was, I, I you know, a little spoiler. It was it was great. I, I really got into it. I think we're gonna have a lot to to talk about tomorrow night. So give WH a follow. WH Park, the number nine
0: on Twitter. Uh, anything else you've got going on?
1: Oh, I have an interview with uh, Matt Charlton. That's right. Writing Wizard Designs, great, great artist. And he also has a book series, um, Jay Crown, talking about the the history of the various, um, you know, m- influential major titles in Japanese pro- professional wrestling. And Volume Team just came out, and it focuses on, like, uh, all the major junior heavyweight titles, John, but also, like, some of the, like, the, the Joshi titles, which I – it's a blind spot for me. So like, for me, I got this uh, from Matt as, as a review copy. And I was just like going through, it. I was like, whoa, the, the AW title, like the, you know, the title of all Japan women's, t- you know, John, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And like, like that information is not easy to find. And we talk about it in the interview, but like Matt did just an amazing job finding as much information he could about all these titles and just putting together with his great art. And, and those of you who might not know who Matt Charlton is, he, if you get a postcard, from john and way he's the guy who, who who drew that postcard and you see a lot of his work uh, all across like wrestling media as well um that was fun and i urge people to check out the interview and like, check out his book over on like you know wherever you you will buy books online these days and it's it's i hope people enjoy that interview i did with him. as wh said in that picture
0: that matt charlton drew best i've ever looked couldn't be more correct <laughs>
1: I don't know, John. You look pretty good when I saw you a couple of weeks having coffee oh, outside. thank you. <laughs> well,
0: folks, that is going to wrap up the February edition of Post Pro Res. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, next month, we'll go through Stardom's anniversary show. I'm not going to promise anything else because I uh, I assigned myself too much last month and then couldn't there might There might be more Post Pro Res next, next month, John. Ooh. You know? Dangling that tease is uh, one WH Park. So uh, Maybe. We'll see. Keep your ears open for anything to uh, drop from the sky from postwrestling.com. Uh, In the meantime, go check out The Long and Winding Road, Rewind Division, and everything else up at postwrestling.com. Goodbye.